Welcome to Vanguard Garage Gaming. My name's Reese. I'm joined by Monty and our special de special guest, even Dave. And we're all vanguards for Conquest: The Last Argument of Kings by Parabellum. Guys, how we doing? Very, very well, thanks, Reese. I'm doing mighty fine, like a well-edged wine. Uh, and how are you, our good friend Dave? Fantastic, guys. Mate, it's uh, it's good to good to have you on the show at long and absolute last. Um, I think we've mentioned you probably pretty consistently across nearly every episode we've done, to be honest, that I can think of in some some way, shape, or anecdote. Um, yeah. but how about you? How about you give the the lovely people who listen a, a brief little rundown on your mates? Brief little rundown about me. I'm the stupid idiot who comes up with really stupid Dwegon lists. Now, Stuku is a strong word. I like to say inclusive. Uh, yep. You are the master of the inclusive hold of all things eclectic and wonderful. <laughs> That's probably I, um... extrapolating it way too far, I think, Monty. I think it's more <laughs> just I've never had an addiction to dwarves in my gaming life until Conquest. And now, now I, think I have a own... problem. Yeah, I think I think we're we're probably one box of flame berserkers away from an intervention for you, mate. But um, the the reason we got Dave on this show is because, as you said, he's uh, basically our be all go to for uh, Dweg home activities and crazy shenanigan lists for them. Um, and today we are going to keep going with our character series, which we started a few weeks ago with the Priory Commander. Uh, and today we are touching on the Ardent Karawa. I think that's how you pronounce it. Someone will, I'm sure, will correct me on that. But Monty, how about we start with you? You give us a brief rundown of what we're doing, and then we'll we'll jump straight through as we normally do. And look, I am sorry, Dave, to steal your thunder, but Arden Chick Glad, we're choosing the Kirawa first. <laughs> Absolutely. Gotta start <laughs> at the top and work your way down to the Biomancer. <laughs> <laughs> oh look, that perfect little ball of filth is gotta get a well good coverage, don't you worry about that. But look, hot off the top of the list is the Arden Kirawa, who is I know very close to your heart, Dave. Uh, and look, he's close to a lot of people's hearts. He's a great, great hero. Uh, amazing character. He brings a lot to a Dwegon force. Um, and yeah, uh, look, we'll go through the Arctic hero. We'll go through his, his pros and cons and, and, and all the bells and whistles and everything in between. Uh, but he just, it's just one of those things. There's only four characters available to the Dweg. But all four are so good, and all four can really be run as like really separate. You know, you could just run Ardents, or you could just run Rays, mm. or you could just run Sorcerers, or whatever you want to do. And it's just so, even though there's four, you think, oh, there's not, not as many choices as other factions. You think, no, there's so much choice because their roles are so bonkers good. So, look, Arnakira was just one of them. So, look, he is a, he's a medium infantry. He comes uh, at a base cost of 70 points. He's got a movement of five, volley of one, clash of two, four attacks, wound of four, resolve of four, defense of three, and evasion of zero. With the special rules of character, as all characters do, and he is a priest level five. Mm. 
Mm. He's good. Um, the And it's going to be a, a very glaring issue when we sort of step to the next bit. So because he's a priest, like all wizards and priests in the game, he does have to take a spell. And this is mm. where I think it stings a little bit to run the Ardent because he's 70 points, but you have to take one of his spells and their dismay and resolve dismay costing you 60 points and resolve costing you 50 points why don't we it's throw over good. to uh, to sir dave mate what's what's dismay do you have the wording up uh ready to, or i'm uh, assuming by this point you you know it by by rote it's, pro- it's, it's probably a fold in your a, brain right. mate. oh it's the ardent doesn't cost you 70 points the ardent cost you 130 points mm. when you was building with him you you're stupid if you don't and i mean that really sorry listeners it's dwegholm and just may you have to take it um it's not worth shaving the 10 points to change it to resolve but dismay lets you break a regiment it's awesome oh, it's, it's fun mm-hmm. it is it, it's so good now i think my it's, and this is sort of an issue that I, that I was talking about with a couple of our regulars today as well. The biggest issue with dismay is that rally isn't compulsory. And mm-hmm. if it, because of that, I, I reckon this spells probably 35 points max instead of 60. Mm. Um, but if rally was compulsory, it's 60 points every day of the week. Um, but yeah, 12 inch range target regiment becomes broken absolutely mental scaling, I, um, scaling three though you've got to remember that scaling three that it will come yeah if, if, if you're rolling like i do at <laughs> least one of my ardents will not manage to cast a single spell in a game but <laughs> you, can, you can you can play around with the masteries but i have to agree with you reese going the change to 1.03 mm. where heroes can forego their actions to rally a unit has really kicked the Arden's teeth in. Yeah, and that also, on the flip as well, sort of removes any need ever to take Resolve, because mm-hmm. Resolve is exactly the same. It's 12-inch range, it's three scaling, and it says remove any broken status from target regiment as if it had used Rally. But because with 1.03 and the FAQ... Um, that was released in August last year, I think it was. Um, a character can just, for, as their command draw, basically a draw event, make their unit rally. So you don't need to pay 50 points for a spell on top of this guy. To do that, you just have to have a character in the regiment flip a card and you're sorted. <laughs> yeah. That's why you take the extra you, 10. Exactly. Mate, have you ever run Resolve? I did it once purely just to change the list and it achieved nothing. Mm. It, I, I honestly I got, think I got it's... hamstrung. It, um, it's that, that dismay, whilst it's expensive at times, if you can, if you get your combos off and if you can read your opponent's hand across the board, um, it's okay. But you've really mm. got to play that activation game and get your ducks in a row, which mm. I, 60 points is a bit much for me. I'd like to see the Ardent more around that 
that 100 points, 105, 110, back in line with the hold ray, in line yeah. with the sorcerer, just to peg him back a bit, just so that I want to see him on the table. And I don't want to, yeah. at the moment, he's overshadowed by the other characters. Yeah, and this was yeah. um, something that came up in the conversations I was having with a couple of our mates, uh, Nick and Ado, today, which is why would you run the Ardent for you know what he as a singular character can do when you have to pay all those points for dismay um and then he's he's like not quite as beat stick as a hold ray and he's not quite as magic-y as a tempered sorcerer so he sits in this little weird sort of you know limbo of not quite as good either way but he can do both of those things he sits Um, in the fat middle yeah, exactly. And because, like, with the, the masteries are on the retinues, you can slap on him. Because um, that's the thing, is, like, he's so he can take all three mastery tracks, tactical combat and arcane. Um, and his retinue is restricted magic, but he's um, can take tactical and he can take combat. Um, and I think the restricted magic is what, it, like, hurts me a little bit. Like what you were saying before, Dave, is, like, if he could go all the way down magic, sure, he'd be hella expensive, uh, more than he is. But at least then you get that auto success from your tier three magic. But you can't get that on him because he has to stop at tier two. Um, He's going to stop at two, but there's nothing more hilarious than a fun-filled game of an ardent slinging fireballs or a flame wall <laughs> in your opponent's face. It just surprises them and they go, what? Yeah. Yep. Yeah, but it's like at is that this, point is again. This happening? Is this actually happening? <laughs> yeah. And it, but that still hurts because you need to pay the sixty points for dismay and then take learned of the occult and then take the spell, and it's just you're you're turning a hundred and thirty point character into like a two hundred and something point character once you've given him a relic if you give him a relic or anything like that. But yeah, he's he, he like like Monty said before, he does sit in the fat middle of the other two characters. But I think when you sort of look at the units he can take in his warband and some of the combinations you can do with um, relics on him and some masteries, he is, he's good. Um, I just think he can be overshadowed when you look at the combat side of Dweg where you can take a tooled up hold ray and the magic side of Dweg where you take a tempered sorcerer. Yeah. Well, that's I mean, you look at from a, from a combat aspect, you take a hold ray and you're looking at that, 135 to 175 points um and it, the whole ray's got some tools and quite like very much that beat stick character whereas the ardents 130 with nothing mm. and then you're building from there yeah yeah that's a good point and look I, I honestly i you don't really take the Ardent. i don't think anyone's taken the Ardent without factoring in um dismay as a, uh, as a as part of that choice obviously you you've got your your flame berserkers and you've got a couple of things which we'll cover further down but obviously dismay is is almost synonymous with the art and so it certainly is you know you take him if you like dismay and you want to use it as a tactical option in your army if you don't like dismay well, you're, you're probably not going to take an art if i'm honest mm-hmm. um and just going back to resolve versus, versus dismay um just before we sort of sh- shoot along um, I think we've got a, a couple of comments. My first comment being Resolve, I think it's probably got potential to be the most potato spell. Um, 
and 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 at one of the most expensive spells at that at 50 points to be wildly considered as one of the least effective in the game like less effective than some 15 point spells and other options yeah Um, it's um to be fair it used to it used to be good before heroes could rally units because you and and again this all comes back to rally being compulsory mandatory however you want to look at it because if you when you had to rally you had to give up an action but then if you were like oh i'll quickly flip my i'll build my uh, luckily i've got my art and carawar in here flip him use his spell to rally and then my unit of you know six flame berserkers can now inspire and clash without having to rally so that if i do lose the extra two stands in the next activation i don't lose all of them so it is good, but it does come very much to it's super expensive for what it does, just in general. And because heroes can auto-rally you as an action um, and rallying isn't even compulsory, so smaller units couldn't care less, um, it is it is very much a potato spell. <laughs> yeah, look, I, I, it's it's not one of my one of my favorites but look you know if someone can make it work and 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 sing me its praises please do hit us up on facebook we'd love to see that that feedback and and we're, we're always open to being proven completely and utterly wrong which we i'm sure we are most of the time so uh <laughs> the other one look dismay obviously i've got a checkered pass with dismay i've shifted in the past between thinking it was amazing and broken pun the pun um to pants and potato and then back again and and you know it, it's 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 swayed one way or the other and and i definitely think you know it's one of these ones these spells that in some instances it's just not that effective mm. you know you've got certain corner cases where it, it's not a it's not a catch-all spell it's not gonna save the day every time but certain cases i think it's brilliant and i think it's just gonna make such a difference especially when coupled with the fact that he is such a combat beat stick, coupling the fact that he's in a tanky unit that can also be a beat stick. You know, you've got some real damaging combos that will just make your enemies sweat if they get broken prematurely. Oh, that's going to hurt. Mm. So, you know, I remember a game against um, against Nick, actually. Um, first tournament, first Conquest tournament we played, he played a... Um, a, a, a an ardent sort of sorcerer, double roots of stone, flame berserkers with breaking everywhere. It was, um, it was, it was, it was a real friendly list last to cuddle. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and and I, you know, and we were, we there was some, we weren't quite sure on whether or not um, having to rally was mandatory. Mm. Um, and so we were sort of playing it gentlemanly like it was. So we said, right, okay, rallying is mandatory. Everything has to rally first if, if it's broken. So in that scenario, it was unbelievably oppressive. I couldn't do anything. He locked my side of the board down. Um, I mean, obviously, that, that also had something to do with Roots of Stone. Um, but in terms of this this particular spell, it just created such pressure. Mm. And then the next time I played against it, when I couldn't, like, sorry, when, when I didn't have to rally, rally wasn't compulsory. You're right. It just didn't, uh, it, it took a lot of that off. Yep. Um, all that heat went away. It was still good and it still had its tactical use, but that heat was sort of dissipated a little bit. So it's not yeah. as impressive. Yeah. Still good though. 
I really like yeah. it. I think it's a great spell. I I I think if it was thirty five points instead of sixty, mm-hmm. it it'd be perfect. Um, hell, you could maybe even make it a little bit cheaper. I mean, at that point, you're probably getting a bit dangerously close to undercosted for what that spell can do. But at the same time, all dwegs are basically movement five. Mm-hmm. It's only a twelve inch range, and it's casting three scaling. So I don't think you're going to break too many hearts if you make that thing anywhere between 25 and 35 points um, for what it does when they can just flip a character and rally. So, <laughs> um, I mean, the you only... could... Oh, go for I it. was just going to say, you could just keep it at the current costing and take away scaling. Yeah, but even then, mm-hmm. it's like, I think that it's it's all going to come down to, I think, on how the, like, how being broken and having to rally reacts. What are your thoughts on that, Dave? Like, if you just took away scaling? It, it'd help a little bit, but I look at it and go, Roots of Stone cost me 135. Mm. Oh, 135, sorry. And you go, put him on the little sorcerer. He's okay like that. I think Dismay, for me, sits in that, that 35 to 40, that Roots of Stone broken ground kind of thing, in terms of impeding... Uh, your your opponent, mm-hmm. and that brings him in line with the rest of the spells. Of course, not take out the whole magma tree. Um, yep. Just ignore that entirely. Um, <laughs> the good hot magma. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, I did have a game where I made that a thing, and I think I sent you guys that list of sheer stupidity. Just going, yep. I've left sixty points out of a list purely to do this, and you don't make many friends still casting eruption. <laughs> Even when it's the ardor. Yeah, okay. That's fair. Because it's just a wall of flame by that point because, look, you know exactly who the ardor's sitting in. And then you really don't care who's actually activating first in that sense. There's damage. Yeah, some, something's going to burn somewhere along the lines. Now, the only <laughs> other sort of big part before we hit his warband is his supremacy ability, which is Righteous Annihilation. Now, I equal parts like and hate this supremacy ability in the same breath. So it's nice and simple. Righteous Annihilation. Your regiments add two to their charge distance until end of the turn, which for very slow dweg is amazing. Yeah, pretty however, good. However, it's for one turn, and I think that's the pants part. I think you if nailed it was... It. I think if it was active all the time, like the, um, what is it, Elemental Poissons, the uh, Tempered Sorcerer one? Yeah. If it was Elemental like that, Croissant. Yeah, Elemental Croissant, uh, where he can throw uh, two flame bagels at you. Um, Burning the, pastry. <laughs> but if you had it so the Ardent always added two to charge distance, even if it was just for their warband all game, I think that'd be perfectly fine because you are paying a lot of points for the Ardent because of his spell. But I think even if you dropped the spell down to 35 points and made this run all the time, I don't see a problem with that because the Dwegs are still only movement five. Um, and, and again, if, it's like, if it is too swingy into, oh crap, everything can now suddenly guarantee charges all day, every day, just make it his warband. And there you go, problem solved. What do you guys think of? What do you guys think of? Well, more to the point, what do you guys think of his warlord or his supremacy ability? And then what do you guys think of what I just said in regards to it? 
Dave, you go, and I'll I'll cap up the rear. I, I'm with you, Reese. It's I really want to be able to use his supremacy ability, but Dweg kind of lends you to having two particular rewards. Mm. But take out the end. Let him use it all the time across the whole army. It's not really going to speed too much up. I mean, most things are five. You've got the occasional uh, six and eight. But even with what's still coming with Wardens, it's not going to change much by letting him have that as an always active ability. Plus two to charge. Let him get in there. Let him go nuts because, really, that's what Dwegs are all about. That's what his warband's made of. They want to get in there. They want to get stuck in, especially Flame Berserkers. They want to get stuck in and get into combat. So let's give them the opportunity to do that as much as possible. Yeah. Now, Monty, what do you got for us, champ? Mate, I... Look, I I both agree and disagree with both of (laughs) you. You're right. I think it is a... I agree. For one turn, I think it is is overshadowed, certainly, with the rest in in the Dweg lineup. Um, it, you, you just wouldn't take it. It just doesn't have as much impact as, as, as other options. Um, I think if it was army-wide, plus two, always active all game, you're entering into almost too good territory. And I, I know Dweger's slow, but that's why... that That's the trade-off. They're, they're premier elite units. They hit with a fury. Uh, and they can take a massive punch, and the counterplay to that is the fact that they're slow. So you've got to play them really well. You've got to plan exactly how you're going to get them to where they need to be, because once they're there, they're just going to never move. Um, and so that's the you know that's the, the the swings and roundabouts. Whereas if you give them an army wide plus two, I think that is is bordering on on too good. But I completely agree with what you said. I think Reese, give it to his warband, mm. the Ardent's warband. Um, have always active plus two charge. Yep, because Make I think four units. Brilliant. Yeah, and I think because the the big issue right is when you look at the supremacy abilities for Dweg Home, you basically and I know this is this is my point of view. I straight away look at Tempered Sorcerer for his cast an additional spell, um, and I look at the Steel Shaper for his immediately heal four wounds. Um, this is then very sort of this is very much followed up by Hold Ray, where he can ignore Cleave or AP, and then the Ardent Karawa falls at the bottom, purely mm. because it's one turn of plus two charge, and so it's like realistically you'll probably blow that turn four, but it's like why why would I take that when I could have a Tempered Sorcerer casting two spells a turn? for four turns at that point or heal back say 50 plus points on every unit in my army for one turn (laughs) yeah and look that's i mean i think that the same argument can be had across every faction you know there's there's usually one flat out bonkers warlord choice you know uh, you know with with I think the the elemental croissant is is by far the standout, <laughs> and, and it's yep. it's it's possibly the best in the game. Well, not the best in the game. I think it's it's contender certainly, um, just for you know complete tactical value and and, and yep. devastation it can cause. You've got the Nords yep. where you know the blooded is just hands down hey, the bees. Hey, 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 
Nords um, don't. Nobody listen to him. Nords don't have any great supremacy abilities. You need to make them all better. It's two <laughs> against one here, Lee. So I think you've done it. Oh, mate, the blooded, the blooded is amazing. Uh, so that's uh, Nords. Call of the hunt. Yeah. Uh, I think 100k is one of those ones where they, they probably don't have a standout either. They've got a couple of decent ones, but but nothing that really sings as mm. the very very best. Um, so they're a bit more balanced. Um, and then of course Spire, you have um, one that that's that's pretty good, one that just blows you up, um, and then one that that that's situationally very good as well. So yeah, look, I think Dweg are spoiled for choice by having some of the very very best, and and obviously all in one faction means the Ardent probably misses out. Uh, I mean, you could make that plus two army wide, and it might. St- still miss out to cross on and uh free heals army wide just because yeah but uh, i think at that point if do. you make it if you make it army wide it's at least more enticing to take as a supremacy mm. ability because like you you might not you know uh, you might not want to run a tempered sorcerer or you might not be um, running a steel shaper so you know you might only have a hold ray and an ardent Kerawa. so it's like at that point if it was army wide two inch charge, I'd run the the Karawa. Um, but otherwise, in that you know same situation, I'll just run the hold ray and just you know one turn just go. You can't cleave me or armor pierce me for a turn. Um, over Thou shalt not inch. cleave. <laughs> but um, but yeah, I think I think with a little bit of change to the um, righteous annihilation, it'd be great. I think situationally it probably is good as it is, but I think realistically you'd run anything else over it just because of where it sits in the hierarchy of those skills. Yeah. I mean, obviously, as a design space, I definitely, you know, I'm much more akin to to bringing the the lesser chosen options up a power level to the point where they become a genuine conversation. So I'd much rather see it be brought up in line with the rest. Mm. um than anything else so yeah definitely give it those those much needed buffs um and then give people real choice as to what they want to run with yeah for sure mm. now i mean i'd look at look looking at him i'd go look even just take it out let his warband have it and put dismay down to 40 45 points yeah yeah that's, i think i think that's pretty solid and that 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 put him in you know that real little contention of going okay maybe i will take him because you're going to have two units of Flame Berserkers. Um, mm. There's no two ways about it. You take him for his restricted choices. Yeah. But get him in there. But it's also a mind game thing. The games I've played where I've snuck in that Tempered Sorcerer to a list and taken the Ardent as my Warlord, people expect the uh, the Sorcerer because sometimes, and I know Nick's done this last, sometimes that dual casting sorcerer may not take an extra spell purely for mm. points because you'll get more value out of uh, an extra stand or use your points a bit more wisely but those games where i've had the art and just slide under the radar just be a little bit sneaky <laughs> and get those flame berserkers with a banner just that extra two inches just to make that long long charge go oh you can't hit me actually no i can yeah <laughs> here no, comes the flame <laughs> now shy of some relic and mastery choices which we'll talk about at the end that's basically the the general rundown and our sort of thoughts and opinions on where the ardent as a character sits 
Um, obviously, upgrades aside, like I just said, we'll get to that. But his warband is, and, and Dave very much alluded to it, is realistically, you're running an Ardent for one choice. Um, his his mainstay units are pretty interesting, but it's one of his restricted units that'll catch your eye because it's the only way to run them. Um, so mainstay is hold warriors, hold ballistae. Now, initiates and wardens are the other two. Um, both actually really interesting units. Uh, and then you've got his restricted options, which are Stone Sentinels and the Flame Berserkers. And that's basically what the Ardent's there for. <laughs> exactly. The Ardent is there for Stone Sentinels. <laughs> oh, mate. I, I was blown away when I read the Stone Sentinels the first time. I do not understand how the points have been worked out for that unit. It, 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 it just doesn't... It, it boggles my mind. Like, it straight up boggles my mind as to why that unit costs so much. They, mm -hmm. I think they'll surprise a few people, stone, Stonies, the old Stone Boys. Um, but yeah, look, I think they it'll certainly will give them their own show when it gets further down the piece mm. <laughs> as to why they're they, worth 300 points. Oh. Yeah, they, they're yeah, going to need, need an hour dedicated to them, I think, to explain. Yeah. The tactical unpicking of the lock that is the stone stony boys yeah but um flame berserkers is the the main reason you will see slash run this character um and it's probably one of the main reasons you'll slap a centric on any of the other characters if they can take it so you can take flame berserkers on another character just to have them without paying for the ardent Flame Berserkers are that good. They're such a great light infantry unit. They can really punch above their weight. And the Ardent just being able to go, I'll take 100 and, what, 120 points for a unit of Hold Warriors. And then I'll just spend a couple hundred points, if not more, on some Flame Berserkers and sink myself into them and be safe for the entire game. Yeah. Look, Dave, you... Uh, look, you're the only man I know with probably almost it's getting to the point where you have 2k points of flame berserkers <laughs> i don't know what you're talking about i don't have a problem you... what are you up to now mate five boxes is it five boxes of flame berserkers all up um hang on let me stand up <laughs> well while dave's doing yeah, quick math yeah, um yeah there you go that's you that's go. that's gross that's so many flame berserkers but yeah the this, they're, they're that good a unit. Um, realistically, Hold Warriors and Hold Ballistae, we've spoken about them before. They're just great mainstays, uh, which mm. I think a lot of the, the Dweg characters actually give you anyway. They're very much the core of your army in some way. Um, the Initiates and the Wardens uh, are both actually interesting choices, though. I think the Initiates... Really good choices. Yeah, I think the Initiates actually... Uh, will will sort of blow a few people's minds when they come out because they're a medium infantry unit with with decent stats. They're basically a one up on um, the hold warriors in their defensive stats, and then they also have devout and sh uh, support. So for a couple extra points, you pay 150 points for them, and their move five, clash two, resolve three, defense four from the front because of shield. Sure, they're only one wound, one attack, but with support and devout, so you can reroll all of um, no, is no devout is you devout count, just score. 
converts yeah. a, a failure um, prayer yeah. to a success that casts. Yeah, exactly. So it means that if you do, if your priest does cast a spell that affects them, they get one extra success on top of anything else you roll, which I guess is good if you learned of the occult a spell into the ardent for them um because otherwise you're just getting an extra you know success on resolve that nobody cares about so um but yeah the, the fact that they've got support shield you pay a couple extra points for them i think they're a solid choice yeah initiates obviously you can basically just cross out devout as, as, as a little bit useless but no look shield and support are amazing rules uh love you support to its full effect with many many drones many many mm. times um and look in a unit that's this tanky defense ball from the front out of the box with you know that support encouraging multiple stands and they're only 50 points for each additional stand so they're not too expensive mm. um you could easily run a 300 point unit of these as sort of a real anvil in the middle of the board and that gives you 24 wounds of four up from the front for 300 points stick your ardent in them give them all the all the combat shenanigans that we'll discuss a little bit later down the line and that's a real hassle to deal with yeah yeah and um another thing as well is so their defense four from the front with shield and resolve three but if you slap an ardent in them they're resolve four four because of the ardent and then because of stand, uh, regiment size they're now resolve five so yeah. they're resolve five defense four you know and they, and they get the extra attack from support so they're good for, that, for the, the cheap points you pay for them they're actually a pretty decent little yeah like like monty just said a decent little anvil unit that you can have sitting on a back objective or on like a sort of off-center objective or even the center objective if you're if you're sinking some more points into the ardent to to help him um buff the unit up some more and they'll do some work um and sure they don't have cleave or anything special but at least i mean it's going to be really hard to move them just with their defensive stats alone it's it's a good little change up because for 150 realistically if you want to run a combat heavy army when initiates come out that's what you're going to be looking for because you're looking for a straight swap with the whole ballista because mm. they're 150 for three as a white with mm. armor piercing one. Yep. But initiates, they offer that, that backfield, especially when you have a look at the beta scenario pack and you're playing mm. those long tag villages. Sometimes you really just want to have that little bit better. The whole warriors don't quite cut the mustard at yeah. 120. They're a little bit squishy, whereas you go... Late game, you know, a little MSU at the back could just fend off um, and hold the line a little bit. Yeah. Um, another Especially interesting thing wardens. to... Yeah. Another interesting thing with the initiates, and it'll carry over to the wardens as well, is you can pay a few extra points for the priest upgrade, and that actually makes the unit fearless. So now they completely ignore terrifying and fearsome. So your resolve's going to be set. You don't have to worry about the combat rally shenanigans um and especially against like some nord players um and against the new wadron that are coming out being able to ignore those rules is actually really tasty and you're mm. paying 15 points for a priest on initiates and 20 points for a priest on wardens so you're not and actually I'll, i will just mention i will just mention wardens actually have fearless baked into their special rules so you oh, probably there you go take it then it's completely pointless on wardens. don't take don't take the priest <laughs> in wardens, uh, unless you're really want a priest but it's 
He's right oh. there. It's going to be great. I really, I'm really looking forward to initiates and wardens, and I've, I've looked forward to them since I actually sat down and read through the Dragon rules in its entirety. Going, I want wardens. <laughs> That's it. Absolutely. And look, it does highlight the fact that you know, as we go through and we do these individual um, character. Uh, deep dives and roundtables. Look, obviously, we, our opinions of characters are shaped by the members of their warband as it stands. But as new members of the warbands get added, you know, these characters will only get better and better. And in the case of the Arden, I mean, two of their mainstays aren't even released yet. So we only know half their potential. One of their restricted isn't released yet. So really, the Arden is just going to continue to develop develop into sort of layers of depth once their full roster is available and i think wardens are a good example because they're just they give they give something that that dweg not really don't have they they, they are quite similar to uh hold uh, the, the the hold thanes they're probably similar to hold thanes but they're mediums mm. a little bit more expensive um i think brilliant i think they're great yeah the um it's 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 good options and that's the thing is like when when that Arden does get his extra options and he does you can look at his full warband i think he's going to be a really interesting sort of one to build around at the moment he's just flame berserkers and that's it um but dave do you want to run us all the way through wardens and your thoughts um just because they'll be uh an interesting one i think when they release um in comparison to the initiates we just spoke about yeah, I, I like the Wardens building more on that tactical Arden. Um, sometimes I think it's going to have a little bit of play, but to have someone with a base clash three resolve four, um, especially with Devout Cleave one, having Flurry and having Fearless, you throw that Ardent in there and you've got that resolve five mm. sitting in that Flame Berserker territory where the unit's going to have has a high resolve, which I always find amusing. But D3 is nothing to cry about. I mean, you can get a little bit upset about it when you scroll down on the list <laughs> and you see Dragon Slayers, but then you compare the points. But yeah. MSU, three stands for 190, I think is really good value for the Wardens. Mm. They do cost you 60 points for an additional stand. So they do get a little bit pricey in that regard. So I can't see you running a really big block, especially with everything else you've got in the list. But absolutely throw a standard bearer in there for 15. Ignore the priest. As we said before, they've already got fearless baked into their points. Yep, glad someone but, pulled me up on that one. <laughs> but they're your standard dwarf, but they're that medium infantry that you want. Dwegom have so many really awesome light units. We're really spoilt for choice when it comes to heavies, where you can build a list that is really heavy focused, and mm. by that time you're really hoping you can set some kind of line because otherwise you're out of the game. Now we're starting to see the fun options of building this medium heavy and that that fat middle, where I'm personally leaning more towards that that medium spectrum. I love my light units, but once these guys are released, I'm sitting in that probably four to five medium rolls. Yep. Um, where I know, Reese, we've talked about lists before, and you've gone all that heavy route. 
So I'm yeah, interested to see where you take your dweg. I, I'm very keen to put my dweg on the board and just see how it goes, because I've been playing Nords for so long that, that reinforcement roles are completely oblivious to me these days. So I'm uh, I'm I'm probably in for a rude awakening when uh I go to roll some dice and realize that none of my army comes in. But I yeah, think you did, did do that about... like my game last time, Reese, um, <laughs> against against Nathan the other day, and you go, I really like these dwegs, but what's these? What are these potato nords Reese is talking about? Because I got absolutely <laughs> taken out of the car park, going, oh, turn one, nothing. What? Are, oh, you've got eight cards. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, that's that that is a that's a big trick that the Nords can do and I and I'm happy that we've got at least something in that faction. But the yeah, I think um and you sort of alluded to it just before, but and I've spoken about it with you guys before as well. It's like I think Dweg's very much lean into a you basically want to run as many mediums as physically possible across your whole army because a lot of your really good units and a lot of your, you know, really um like powerful units sort of sit in that area. Um, especially with things like wardens, um, you've got, and because all the medium stuff is scoring as well, the more dice you can roll for that across your force to get them in reliably, the better you are. And we've spoken about this before in other episodes too, but yeah, the, you want to sort of stack as many into, you know, what will reliably come onto the board. And that's why heavies, I think always get a bit of a, you know, a bad name, but um, I'm very much trying to build as much heavy into my dweg list as possible to see how it goes. <laughs> yeah, I, yeah, I think with looking... initiates and wardens, um, they'll help you get those on the board, and that's what I think most dweg people are really excited about is going, we're going to get these really nice, strong, tanky units that can take a hit, but also they're going to set a really good reinforcement line. We're still mm. movement five, but We've got that medium infantry to really set a solid line somewhere up the middle of the board, which will let our dragon slayers walk on and say hello and give everyone a really good cleave for cuddle. Yep, yep, for sure. What, what were you going to say, sorry, just before, Monty? Oh, I was just going to say, look, yeah, we certainly have um, discussed our, our humble opinion on heavy uh, infantry a few times on the show about how, you know, heavy infantry without, without access to flank know does need to be built a certain way and i think um you know a common way to think about it is if you're going to go heavies you go heavy deep you go really heavy handed so to speak (laughs) um yeah so that's 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 the best you're going to get today um (laughs) (laughs) because you look if if you're rolling one or two dice um speaking as someone who regularly runs uh on the spire side of things regularly one sort of um one or two um uh, abomination sort of coming through. Uh, when you really need them, you're never rolling a success. Uh, so if you're rolling one or two dice for for heavies, you're just not getting them. They're not gonna be an impact when you need them, uh, and you're gonna lose the game. So usually, if I was gonna run Dweg, it's an army that I have respectfully left to uh, you two gentlemen <laughs> and a few others in our in our local circle. Um, but personally, if I was going to run Dweg, either I would run light, medium flavor, or I would run heavy flavor. So if you're rolling heavy dice, I'd be rolling five of them. Yeah, yeah, and that's that's that that was a list that Dave and I were uh, contemplating the the last time we spoke. Is just uh, how many heavies could you actually fit in 
um, to a list to make it so that you're not only rolling about two or three dice. And that is where the, the dwegs really sort of need to go and um, need to sit. So, but the Ardent is very much a medium spam, I think. And I yeah. think that's a good thing because yeah. it does give him a really good way to go. He just needs those extra couple of um, like releases to make it so that when you look at his warband, you go, oh, wow. I've got a couple of extra choices that'll be really good. So, yeah, you move uh, yeah, into think... that all the whole wall band scoring. Sorry, Monty. No, no, you go, mate. You go. Well, I was going to say with the with the art and him being a medium character himself. I mean, one of the reasons why you see him in those flame berserkers, apart from being good, is you just need to put that early scoring pressure on. So yeah. by having that one stand being medium with the art and the flame berserkers, having initiates, having the wardens, you're starting to build that solid core and then you can sort of build your your dweg list in terms of points out he's just not quite there at the moment mm. no, that's it oh, i completely agree i completely agree you know how often in a game does that first turn score from the medium character in a, in a light unit matter so much um it's a godsend if you can get it in uh, and you can sometimes you get it in because of its tax, and you know it's a tax, but you just do it tactically because it will get you one or two points that you need to round the game out. Um, in this instance, it's not a tax at all. It's a beautiful combo made of beautiful fiery death. <laughs> I like that. I like that. But um, yeah, I think unless you guys have anything else you want to add on war bands, I think if we go through a couple combos on retinues and masteries, and then some final thoughts and. And that's basically the crash course um, from from us on the ardent Kerawa. But Monty, what are your sort of what do you see when you look at the ardent and then look at masteries, retinues, and relics that'll work well for him? I thought you'd never ask, Reese. <laughs> what I see when I look at the ardent Kerawa is I see supreme flexibility. I see a character that can be one of several different options um, and be run in different ways with different combinations for startlingly different effects. And I think he's probably one of the most flexible characters we've got so far um, yeah. in the fact that one or two options can completely shift him from a magic user to an absolute beat stick. So... For me, my love of the Arden is in beatstick territory. I love a good, strong character that just rustles and tumbles with the best of them. Mm. So for me, uh, number one is Dragbrunt. <laughs> the that character's is... clash attacks have the cleave three special rule. For 25 points, what an absolute, for me, auto-take every day of the week yeah dave what are your thoughts on drug Brund as well you've got to have somebody in the dweg army swinging the big d <laughs> big d i like that yeah that's uh that's, that's uh, he doesn't have guns. many he doesn't have many attacks in in honesty when you compare him to the hold right he needs he the extra help he can yet. get in the combat department he doesn't yeah, yet yeah but he will. <laughs> I know. I like where you're going with this. This sounds really familiar. He will. So the other 
fantastic options that you have with him. Uh, now, I'm trying to find it to completely remember, my, remember myself, but it's the Arcane Mastery. Ah, Fueled uh, by the Furnace? Fueled by the Furnace. Which is just unbelievable. It is absolutely unbelievable. Reese, what is Fueled by the Furnace? Mate, I will need to double check that I remember it exactly off the top of my head, which luckily I have it right in front of me. Yep, it is the right one. So, the character... So this is 30 points. The character gains plus three attacks. Amazing. Now, there is a downside, which is if you roll any sixes, you do cop a hit, and you do need to then try and save yourself from, I guess, stabbing yourself, burning yourself. But um, yeah, I think it's an overheating. Yeah. <laughs> it's, um, it is plus three attacks. You're paying 10 points per attack, which is just phenomenal. Mm-hmm. And then the way, so that used to be a combat mastery. So if you guys look at if you guys have the com- conquest companion, or if you look at the um the like the the online PDFs, it will be under combat, and I think it's it's still even under combat on the army builder. But it is an arcane mastery now. Um, in the as of the FAQ from last year, because when you gave this to a combat hold ray, things got really dumb. So this is what you take with Dragbrood to make your Ardent Kerawa as close to a hold ray as you possibly can. Oh, mate, I think he's almost there. It's it it, it makes him seven attacks out the gate. Um, yes, he's only clash two, but you will then follow up with the next suggestion, which is combat retinue three, uh, as it currently stands. Mm. Um, you don't get the benefits of the plus one cleave because the drag brawn, uh, the wording on drag brawn is that the character's clash attacks have the cleave three special rule. It mm-hmm. doesn't give the character cla- cleave three. Yep. Uh, it's, it's specific. So no matter what cleave he has, the attacks will always just have the cleave three special rule. Yeah. Uh, which is great. So cleave three with the plus one to attacks for combat. Mastery three, he becomes eight attacks. Mm-hmm. He gets plus one clash, so he becomes four uninspired. So hitting on fours, eight attacks through, all at cleave three. He's an absolute slaughter machine. Yeah, exactly. Dave, thoughts and opinions? I mean, you know, one of my items is normally rocking this. Um, <laughs> he he that goes goes really well and you've got to have him do that extra damage because i find in most cases the target for this is either a really chunky regiment that you really need to just chip those extra wounds through um or you couple him with a few other options but you've got to have him do some damage i think the points you're paying for him as it stands now you may as well invest a few more in him just to give them that edge mm-hmm. Yep, I think, and I think that's the that's the big takeaway is like he de- like sure he's he's okay for what he does, but he's not really do. You're sort of relying on his unit to do the work when he's sort of out of the gate. But with that relic, with this mastery, with combat retinues, he can very much assist the unit in doing a bit of murder. 
Yeah, and he, he actually really complements the the Flame Berserkers with that setup incredibly well because obviously Flame Berserkers, uh, they're amazing. They're very consistent. They're hitting on fours on the spire, re-rolling with flurry. They're very tanky, so they're doing some good good consistent damage, but they don't have cleave. So if they mm. hit anything with decent defense, they're not really going to do what they need to do. But step up, the uh, they knock it out of the park, Arden. That costs about seven hundred points. Uh, at this stage, and he's doing everything he needs to complement the unit incredibly well. I think it's a match made in heaven, albeit an expensive match. But look, I just wanted to quickly highlight Flaming Weapon mm-hmm. um, as a alternate um, option. So this is sort of the quote-unquote poor man's version. Mm-hmm. But I, I question whether it's poor man's at all. Uh, it's 10 points cheaper than Dragbrun, so it's only 15 points. Probably one of the best 15 points artifacts in the game. I, I think it gets overlooked a fair bit. So its rules are it's 15 points, and the character has plus one clash and the cleave one special rule. Mm. So not only does it give him cleave one, because he doesn't have cleave out, out, of, out of the gate, so he can't... What this artifact does is not only does it give him plus one clash which combined with the plus one clash of combat retinue gives him hitting on fives when inspired, which is amazing. The cleave one special rule means that he can benefit from the plus one cleave of the combat mastery. So he essentially then becomes cleave two, hitting on fives, eight attacks, which isn't far off hitting on fours, eight attacks, cleave three. Yeah, exactly. It's um, it's just sort of if you don't want to run drag brood, or if you you know you don't have that extra ten points to spare, or you've given drag brood to somebody else, like you can quite comfortably comfortably give the ardent the flaming weapon, um, mm. and he'll be set up. It's the same same theory with the broken blade in the Nords. You just pay the the couple of points to get an extra bit of oomph on your hits, and you're laughing. Yeah, although, yeah, you're right. And it's the, the whole point of, of with the, the current way that the, the combat upgrade works uh, with the heroes, you know, you have to have that point of cleave before you can access the other point of cleave. So the broken blade work gives the Jarl, you know, turns him into a, into a, you know, basically turns him from zero to hero. You know, he's nothing without cleave, and all of a sudden mm-hmm. he becomes an absolute blender. Same thing with the Arden. Without any of these artifacts, he's an absolute, you know, you wouldn't, wouldn't, Sing, you know, if you if you you wouldn't bother upgrading his combat because if he doesn't have cleave, you know, what's the point? Yeah. Um, but these anything. artifacts then then you know make him start to sing a whole new song. Yeah, exactly. And I think that's um, you'll you'll nearly always pay the extra few hundred points basically to 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 yeah. run. <laughs> yeah. At this point, we're a twelve hundred point hero. Yeah, he's 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 absolutely <laughs> yeah. mental, but. He is worth it. I've seen him put in some really good work. So, yeah, it's just one of those things where you need to sort of look at the give and take of it and go, okay, is this worth it? Uh, And then go from there. But I think, you know, nine times out of ten, if you're not running a combat ray, or even if you are running a combat ray, running this guy as well is still worth it. Absolutely. I mean, if, if Fuel by the Furnace freaks you out because he's sitting in that five-word category with Combat 1, don't take it. Drop him down to five attacks, cleave three, cleave two, depending on your loadout. He's there to... He still gets through a few, fair few wounds. Mm. Mm. That's it. 
Well, do we have if any you other? If you don't want to take two two hundred and thirty, he's he's cool. <laughs> but I mean, sometimes yeah, you don't want to take that two hundred and thirty odd point character. Yeah, especially when you can pay up one hundred and thirty five for a whole ray, basically doing the same amount of work. Yep. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, do we have any other thoughts, guys? Thoughts, comments, opinions on the ardent Karawa, or do we reckon we've given the 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 friendly listeners at home a good enough sort of look into what this character does and our sort of thoughts on improvements and et cetera, et cetera. Yeah, absolutely. Look, the, I think for me, fundamentally, the Ardent Kirua unlocks a tactical option for the, the Dweg, which is incredibly hard-hitting lights very early in the game. Mm. Without the Ardent, Dweg don't have that pressure. They have to rely on the, the mediums coming after the fact with no access to improvement of reinforcement roles through any of the army rules. So they're very inconsistent. Some days you might get all of them. Some days you'll get potato and absolutely yep. nothing. And you're not coming on until turn seven. Um, <laughs> yep. and, and, well, that's what it feels like. And so the Ardent at least gives you that consistency of bringing a really rock rock star unit in early, um, you know, contender for best light unit in the game. And in they come, they've got a medium character scoring within that unit. So, you know, the, the negatives of light are, are, are baited somewhat. You know, tactically, I think he just gives a really solid, a really solid option that that is certainly makes an argument for being an auto-include. I don't think it is an auto-include, but it, it, it's it's in that territory of, of if you want to run a really well-rounded list for Dwegs, you know, he's certainly in the conversation. Mm. Yep, not for sure. Dave? Well, one thing we'll touch on, you can build the Ardent, like I said earlier in the episode about magic. Mm-hmm. Um, nothing's funnier than a really cheap Ardent if you don't want to go the combat route for mm-hmm. Magic 1, even... Magic 2, and giving him Fireball yep. just to chip those wounds through. Wait, wait, wait. Just you go... said cheap. You said cheap. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, he's not wrong. It's cheaper than combat level 3 and all sorts because you're only paying the, what is it, 20 points for learned and then 40-odd points? points for Fireball. So, yeah. But uh, no, I think that's, like if, that's any, Anything under 220. Like two two thirties <laughs> that that tooled out beach stick, you're chipping away back. And I mean tactical, I have run lists with two ardents or more. Um, and that tactical edge where you're re-rolling the resolve die mm-hmm. on something like flame berserkers, yep. um, when they start to dwindle and you start to lose those casualties and you don't have that Steel Shaper back in or you've popped the Supremacy from the Steel Shaper, those little re-rolls can keep those extra couple of guys alive and just help that aura of death spread its love around. Yep, yeah, for sure. And especially when the initiatives come in, I can definitely see a really solid argument being made for Tier 3 Tactical uh, Ardent in a big block of initiates to just have a guaranteed Turn 2 flank with your main anvil coming, even if you want to be be a little bit silly and make it seven stands big, you know, you've got something that just will not go away. Um, and you get him in turn two, that's a massive psychological pressure for your opponent, and they're mm. coming wherever the hell the opponent doesn't want, getting there pretty quick because of the flank and, and, and not going away. Yeah, no, exactly. Well, I think that's about it, guys. Well, I think we've uh, basically hit it all on their head and 
gone through the ardent Karawa in all of his glory, his flaming glory. Um, but yeah, thanks very much, Dave, for joining us as our guest. It's been an absolute pleasure, sir. Well, thanks, guys, for having me. Oh, you're right, mate. It's good to have someone who's actually played the army a bit, and I know you've run the Arden a fair few times, sort of, you know, throw your opinion on the fire as well. And Monty, as always, it's been a pleasure, sir. Reese and Dave, always a pleasure, never a chore. <laughs> Excellent. Well, thank you very much, guys, for listening. Thank you guys for joining me and uh, the guys on this little journey through the Arden Karawa, and we'll catch us next time. See ya.